Creative How, the podcast for curious creatives. Jed, it's our favorite episode this season recap. And this time, season two. Season two recap, huge, huge day. And um, we're going to definitely focus our first portion of this on our learnings because we're nothing if not a utilitarian podcast. That's always what we've promised. So we want to teach you some things that we've learned. And uh, Sean, why don't you start with, with your number one on the list? Sure. I think my number one was content. We made a commitment to even up our content. I think we did a lot season one. Um, and then we just built on that. So we added a lot more video to our offering in our toolkit. I think that's what we're learning from the ads and the boosts that we're doing and the engagements that we're seeing. We'll get into that in a little bit, but that stuff's performing a lot better and it gets more, more, uh, more attention online, especially in Instagram, which we're using mainly as a branding tool to get the awareness out of the show. It's not really the, the click through to listenership or things like that, which I would encourage everybody out there to really define what you want each of those social channels to do. You know, we, we use things like Twitter and Facebook and, and for this show, Facebook does drive a lot of click through to the actual episodes. Whereas Instagram just some would argue vanity metrics, likes follows. It's great. But right now where we're at with the show, we can use the branding. We can use the awareness. It is sort of addictive, and Sean, you'll you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you told me that the pieces of video content that feature me more by percentage than you have a much higher engagement rate. Is that correct? Far more, and it's science. It's not opinion. It's science. I can I can show you the numbers, uh, and I, th- I think we probably haven't used you enough mm-hmm. to amplify the show. I think that is our you know sort of um, H bomb. That's yep. what we're going to use when when this thing. Is really hanging on by a life, life line. <laughs> Season three. Okay. Okay. Good. We'll start doing that. Um, I've got a utilitarian one, a learning. Okay. And it is this. When we did season one and first started kind of getting into this, we would do these long introductions of our guests. Then we do a little musical interstitial. And then within the episode, we'd also do a long introduction. And we learned that that's really stupid. So we stopped doing that. We do shorter introductions, and then we go right into the welcome after the musical interstitial saves time and also doesn't make people bored. So I think that was a pretty good one. Those were kind of an overthink in that first season. I think we really stressed out about it and really wanted to make them perfect. But I think when we relaxed, did it off the cuff, did it after the show, I think early in season one, we would bank a show and we'd come back a few days later and and trying to do the intros and outros. Now our process is the guests leave. And then we knock those things out and we just, we have the diligence to do that. I think that helps too, because it's fresh in our minds. We're in the sort of heat of the moment, as they'd say, and, and we're feeling it. And, uh, you know, all the information's fresh right at the front and it's easier to craft something candid. Yeah. A lot of high-fiving between us. Um, we'll generally drink, you know, what a bottle and a half of scotch right after the episode and just dive right in. You know? Oh, well, you know, not that much, but I think there's something to be said for traditions. We do have that celebratory scotch. Right. Right. Um, Scotch brands out there. If you're looking for, you know, a little shout out on here. I know there are several that follow the podcast on Instagram. So, uh, this is your chance. You can be the official scotch or whiskey of creative. How jump in. Um, okay. Next one, next learning, next how I think, um, this goes back to sort of doubling down on content, but engaging our communities is a big part of that. And 
I'll be the first to admit that Sean is the one who's basically invented some of our sort of um, stories or um, segments that we do on social media. My favorite one is is creators to follow, um, which is only it's slightly self-serving because we're trying to get some attention, but it's also supposed to be inspiring to the creatives out there just by showing off other people's work. It is. It's this show is about being a fan of creativity and that's one way we show it. Yes. And it's also a way to kind of, kind of raise our hand up on in a digital space and say, Hey, we're over here. You might maybe consider coming on the show sometime. And and that has worked out. It's been cool. Um, it's probably like a 25% success rate, but I think that's pretty good actually, because we, we have no credibility. We're getting it, but like, again, we're still very, uh, early stages of this thing. So, it, it, but it also it's, it's fanboyism too. So we, we bank those things. We created those highlight, that highlight strip on top of our Instagram, um, not only for the season episodes, but also for the creators to follow and everybody gets put in there. And, and occasionally we'll ask you guys to, you know, engage with us. If you feel like you have a handle worth following or you're a creator that, that maybe we don't know of, you know, not by, whatever, just because it's a really large world of creativity out there, feel free to shoot us an email or, or, or tag us or DM us and we'll take a look at your stuff, you know, and, and, and we're happy to have that dialogue. All suggestions. Welcome for sure. Um, another thing we did, I, th- I think we, we tried new things, which some of we've just listed. And those of you who will be fortunate enough to have listened to the Hayes people's episode, will have witnessed our first live in-studio performance. Yeah, a little nod from uh, XPN, uh, you know, Tiny Desk Concerts. Uh, we want to try our hand at that. Hayes is the perfect guest to have tried that with. That was, and I know we mentioned this in the episode, but it was sort of like a, I feel like it was a pretty emotional experience because he just really, really nailed it. He's obviously a professional, but like just him singing in such a small space and and obviously playing the guitar too, it was really very cool and was inspiring. So if you're a creative out there, just know that this guy is like somebody who's sort of up and coming, but also already at the top of his game. And it was really inspiring to us. Yeah. The intimacy was, was pretty moving. I think his voice is incredible. He's a terrific guitar player. And I think I was highly nervous just if we had the capabilities to pull it off. And luckily Hayes is, is well-versed in recording himself and, and doing all that stuff. So he was, He's part engineer, part uh, musician in that one. So that's going to work out really, really well. Uh, so I think this might be the last learning, but Sean, of course, you can add more if you want. But Sean and I have learned that we have catchphrases. Yeah, and, yeah we do. And um, we have talked to each other about them in a way that I wouldn't say is all that complimentary to each other. It's more uh, friendly joking or more actually very insulting to each other. I think it's takes on a tone of that, but I think it's self-help. I think it's one partner going, Hey man, in a way you should probably maybe dial that back a little bit, but then, but then that's not true because I actually really, really love, look at that homage, Mm. your catchphrase, which is folks look for the creative how mugs coming Christmas time with really, really, really. Uh, I feel like, You've told me to find new adverbs a lot. Uh, but much like the headphone issue from season one, you are not very open to that. Adjectives too, yeah. Um, I've One of Sean's is, he's got a couple. One of them is, I want to, 
which I haven't even told you about that much. But ah, this is new. Yeah. Oh, you you you, no, you I held this back. I, I've just noticed. I've noticed. Them. <laughs> but uh, when a guest says something that Sean wants to dive deeper on, he'll uh, say, "I wanna." The other one is. You sometimes say, I want to unpack that. Or, you know what? Why don't we unpack that a little bit? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, you using unpack for people who know you is very, it's very surprising. It's actually really, really surprising because <laughs> it's kind of a marketing buzzword. Right. And you're not a big fan of those. No. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Well, ironic. I, I kind of feel like that a lot of the listeners here maybe living in similar worlds than we are and and they're experiencing some of those marketing marketing jargon. So like, it's an easy shorthand for me to just kind of say, Hey, let's dig in. I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. So I think the great thing about these recaps, Jed is it's a chance for us to step back and take a look at maybe what we've learned from all these people, 10 conversations that, that we've had in the last two months. What did we take away? What did we learn creatively? How were we inspired? Yeah, and we we learned a lot and there's a lot of commonalities too. So I think that maybe number one, courage was something that we really saw in all of our guests. But in particular, I think maybe we could point out Kat and John Zarevitz. Um Katina Smith is a chef that we interviewed who is um, an African-American woman. And, um, you know, in her view, that's not something that is super common or uh, super well-known in the um, culinary industry, which has been sort of white male dominated. And she's not only become a great chef, but she's also brought attention to that exact fact. And, you know, that's not something that's easy for anyone to do. So I definitely would classify her as courageous. I feel like Kat is someone who's willing it to happen right now. Just the brands she's creating and, and the notoriety she's getting and the events she puts on how she bounces around from thing to thing is truly amazing and something to admire. And I think everybody should check her out her episode number one, but also follow her because you're going to get inspired and you're going to actually feel kind of lazy compared to what she does. You will feel really, really lazy and horrible about yourself, but that sometimes is a nice kick in the ass. Yeah. Um, John Zarevitz, I mentioned, you know, he's the creative director and one of the founders of union craft brewing. You know, he as earlier than maybe he should have fell in love with beer and I don't blame him for that because I think it's great stuff. But that's a lot different than starting a company from scratch, which is also something he did. Yeah, I think, again, the courage to realize and leave that nine to five uh, where he was in a cubicle doing graphic design, realiz- realizing he was meant for more and had a bigger vision. He met the right guys. They partnered up, had the right sort of story to tell. And now they're off and running and they're probably Baltimore's favorite beer. I know that's their mind. Um, and, uh, thinking about starting a startup and starting a startup are two different things. And he did the latter. So pretty awesome. Uh, another really interesting commonality we found was discipline. And just personally, I've talked to Sean about this before. I I don't always relate discipline as a characteristic to people who are creative. Maybe I think first about imagination, but I guess I've found over the years that discipline is extremely valuable too. And there were a couple of guests who really exemplified that for us. And one was Greg Garcia. Oh my gosh. If you, if you haven't heard Greg's episode yet, there is just nugget upon nugget upon nugget of useful information. And he's real. He keeps it real. He's, he pulls no punches. He's like, if you want to be a TV screenwriter, you got to get to LA. It's refreshing to just be like, you know, he's not going to sugarcoat it. You're not going to sit here in on the East coast. Let's take us for example. And 
expect to send a screenplay to a studio out there because they're not waiting for it. And that's the big thing that he brought to the show in terms of just the honesty and his humor. Guy's hilarious. He was amazing. And I think one thing that he told us that I thought was especially interesting was his idea or his uh, framework of lists. He makes these three lists. The first one is really, really big things that he wants to accomplish. The second list is breaking each of those accomplishments down into its component parts. And then the third list is literally by week what he's going to do to make those things happen. And I was like, I was just kind of blown away because he's both an incredibly talented and creative TV writer and director, but also uh, almost like a, his own personal project manager. Did you, did you put that together? What that list signified hmm. as the origin story to the backbone of one of his most famous creations? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, my name is Earl is definitely all about lists, but no, uh, no. I didn't necessarily put the two together, but now I feel like a real asshole. Thank you. Um, well done. Another person who exemplifies discipline is uh, Joyce Hesselberth, who was um, extremely inspiring to speak to. And again, a, a humbling person. But one of the things that we found with her was, you know, we interviewed her as somebody who we, guys, I think, maybe thought more of uh, as an illustrator and um, a children's book author. But she really told us a lot more about both the books as well as the apps that she has developed in some cases before the books, which was completely opposite of what we thought, but the discipline it takes to actually hammer away at all of those things basically at the same time was pretty unbelievable. She imparted us with some uh, wisdom when she said, if, if, if somebody asks you to do something, you don't know how say, yes, you know how to do it and go figure it out later. And that she exemplifies that to a T making apps, teaching herself the software and the coding she just is fearless. And I think that's one of the attributes also down on the list here, but she's willing to try new things. And it, it, maybe adventurous is also another word. You know, she just wants to create and she's a pure, pure creator and she's doing a great job. Her books are loved. The apps are challenging even for uh, folks our age. Um, so I would check them out. Check out that episode. That's another one where you're going to leave feeling pretty lazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a commonality, making yeah. us feel lazy. Yeah. Uh, the third one vision. And I think um, Joyce's business partner and partner in life, Dave Plunkert, is a good example of a vision. Um, I think his, his aesthetic, number one, is something that's really distinct. And you can really tell a, a work of Dave Plunkert right off of the right off the bat. But uh, more than that, he's kind of carved out his own space. Yeah, he, uh, he, he talked to us about, you know, discovering his old comics from when he you know, was drawing in high school and sending them to Marvel and things like that and ultimately getting rejected. But that didn't dissuade him. And ultimately he was, you know, working as a graphic designer at one point and, and by whichever circumstance he, he lost that job or quit that job. And he decided, you know, he's going to try some of these illustration styles. He likes to pride himself on the fact that he combines an art direction background with illustration. He's, he's quick to note that he's not a, the best drawler or the, or the, you know, classically trained illustrator. So he has a, a unique aesthetic, I guess. And, and it's charming because it's his look. He's refined it. He's great at it. And he also does the data collage. So I think, uh, and he stuck to it and it's worked for him, but it's, it's that knowing that he was meant to do some sort of creative thing. And he followed through from way back in high school. Pretty awesome. And similar to another Dave, Dave Dombro, who 
is um, somebody that Sean and I know well from working together at Under Armour, but he's worked at uh, several other, other brands. He was a tinkerer as a child, just like Dave said he was. But one of the things that Dave talked a lot about in terms of design was having a vision and a story to tell at the beginning of whatever it is you're designing. So he's not somebody who's just sort of, um, you know, drawing and thinking, wow, this is a cool thing. I'll, I'll keep the momentum here. It's It starts with a story and a vision for something. And then he creates from there. And I thought that was a really cool insight. Yeah. Much like uh, Greg, he's pretty candid on the steps you need to take. He didn't pull any punches. And, and he is a big believer in the backstory, like you said. Otherwise, you're designing without substance and that stuff falls down. He's all about creating movements, creating timelessness, and that's refreshing. If you guys, any of you out there are looking to break into product design, footwear design, apparel design, listen to that episode because huge, huge learnings there. Usually you have to pay some course, some instructor to get that that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely a huge jump start for, for people like that. Um, so our fourth sort of commonality was discovery. And there's two people uh, who really exemplify that well. Uh, um, Jessica Anya Blau, the writer, and Devin Allen, the photographer. Maybe we start with Devin. Uh, he is basically a self-taught photographer who discovered it at, I won't say uh, a late age because he's still a young guy, but he hadn't even thought about photography until he was in his 20s. Yeah, and I think the the advent of uh, Instagram things like that really kind of forced his hand and realized this was something that moved people. I think he's all about emotion and, and seeing he's an observer first and foremost, and he's a history recorder. I think he likes to say, and then, you know, as with anything, you kind of dabble, dabble, dabble. And then there is a, you know, a pivot point. You either go all in on this thing or you kind of leave it behind in search of other things. And he went all in and we're all glad he did because he's bringing truly amazing imagery both from an editorial standpoint and an advertising standpoint. So it's been fun to watch his progression. Couldn't be a nicer guy. And that's another one. He broke it down for you young artists, you young photographers. He's, he kept it real. He kind of told you what to focus on. Um, and it's not always about carrying the big, huge, expensive lens. And I will say, Sean said young, but one of Devin's big points was it, it's never too late. Yeah. I mean, that was actually one of his creative house, which I thought was pretty cool. Inspiring for somebody who's, uh, approaching his uh, early 30s like me. Um, (laughs) Then uh, Jessica Anya Blau, the writer, uh, another great, great example of discovery. She was uh, living in Canada and basically wasn't allowed to work at that time. She didn't have uh, the correct certifications and all that kind of stuff. And she kind of just started writing. And I mean, literally, I feel like that's how she described it um, in a lot more, a lot cooler way. She's probably the biggest character we've had on the show ever. Um, but anyway, she discovered writing and then just kept trying. Are we going to talk about the amount of time she said penis? I, I mean, we can, I guess it's cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, she said it a lot. It's anatomically correct. And she would admit that she said it and she has no, uh, misgivings about that. She's fine with that. Look, I loved it. I thought it was refreshing. She was very comfortable, obviously with talking to us. I, I suspect it doesn't take much for her to get comfortable with people. She generally said that she enjoys people and likes talking to people and it's hard for, to really offend her. Um, but you know, I would, I would like to think that it it was our charming nature that really 
let her loosen up a little bit? I don't think it was that, Sean, because I think you're right. I mean, like when we were off camera and off mic, she was literally engaging with us from the very beginning. And I could tell that the stuff she was saying about genuinely loving people was true. You know, she's just, she's somebody who wants to know the story of everyone, I think is what she said. And um, she has a lot of empathy for all different kinds of people. And that has made her storytelling really, really great. And she's gone from not being a writer to becoming, I guess, an aspiring writer. She has multiple published novels now. She has published a nonfiction book, which is now being turned into a TV show. Yep. So discovery, big point. Well, as with all these people, there's big things on the horizon. I would follow each and every one of them. They don't show up in the creators to follow section because we give them their own stage in the season and the episodes, but everyone has big things planned. Another guy I want to throw in this discovery one is, is Hayes Peebles, a guy that grew up playing guitar, but playing in like rock bands and listening to blink 182 and things like that. He does a U-turn or not a U-turn, but maybe a left takes a hard left into Americana, you know, country music and that's awesome because he's kind of really remade his music and thrown himself into that genre. And I will say, um, last but certainly certainly not least, Caleb Wojcik. Uh, this guy is somebody who is basically a self-taught video maker. And then he became somebody who taught others how to make videos. And then he discovered there are lots of poor products within the video making realm. And he decided to make a physical product, an awesome mobile tripod that you'll be able to get soon the switch pod. Um, but that we were really impressed by because it was just sort of a, a leap and a leap and a leap to all these different things that were somewhat related, but were all sort of totally different skill sets. If you're looking to build a brand online in today's channels, in today's digital world, that episode is basically a three-parter for me. It's the filmmaking, like you said, the videography, it's the switch pod and the development of product. But then he gave you a little, a lots of nuggets, not a little, but a lot about just content management and content strategy. You know, the types of videos you want to be making, how to name your videos so they get as much, you know, traction and, and people are searching for them. So they so, show up in the searches. He had all those tips. Listen to that because if it, like us, if you're trying to build these brands, uh, you're going to find invaluable lessons, um, both physically and then just methodology wise. So based on all of that, Jed, what, you know, what were your favorite moments? Well, there were definitely, I mean, there were really a lot of them. It was really awesome. I mean, season one was amazing too, but I'll say my first one was, was Jessica. And aside from her amazing personality to begin with and her friendliness, it, it was her sort of research process, which it isn't very regimented. And I kind of kept asking questions about, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? And it, like I said, it's not very regimented and, But she did say, you know, she took a lot of experiences that she's had and she twisted and turned them in her head. And somehow what came out was new storytelling. And um, I just thought it was awesome how I mentioned earlier that the word empathy, she just has a really great, a keen sense for the human experience and then can translate it into the written word in in a way that I just think is really impressive. That's great. She was, she was a lot of fun. I think you can tell she's banking all those interactions. Yeah. And I'm expecting us to show up in at least one novel. I hope we do. Um, so that's one for me. What do you got? What's, what's, uh, what's one for you? Look, I think this is, this is a pretty obvious one. Hayes, 
the the in studio quote unquote in studio performance by Hayes. I think that was we challenged ourselves. We got out of our comfort zone. Hayes killed it. So that's always going to be for season two the thing I come back to the most that we we tried. <laughs> Definitely a a new thing. Something I don't really think I hear a lot on podcasts at all. Yeah. Know? I mean, also let's be honest. If I feel like we both wanted to hug him. Yeah. It right. Yeah. I mean. He's the guy dude. was fucking awesome. Likeable dude. Right, I'm trying not to curse. He was he was awesome. Yeah. Um, How about what else? You get another one. I'll take another one. I'll take uh, John Zarevitz. So this was really cool. He he came into the studio and he graciously brought a couple six packs of beer. Actually, it was a six pack and a four pack. Um, and for some reason, you and I were both like hesitant to take a beer, which is really out of character. Yeah. For both of us, but we were. So he goes to sit down and he goes, you guys mind if I have a beer? And it was just really, and he wasn't even trying to be funny. It was, to me, it was awesome because the guy spends every day thinking about beer and probably drinking his fair share, tasting, I would imagine. quote unquote, yeah. tasting. And he wanted a beer. And it was, it was, it was a reminder of being passionate about the subject matter that you work on. And just sort of what you do day to day. And he was also just a damn nice guy. Well, yeah, I think every one of these guests, there's that few minutes when they show up or they're on Skype where you're like, it's it's like kind of you hold their, your breath a little bit, like, how's this going to go? And then he just, you know, you you kind of, it's an icebreaker and everybody feels good and, oh, this is going to go really well. The yeah. dude dude's brought us beer. He wants to drink it. This is going to be great. He's Yeah. It's <laughs> I wish they were all. This is gonna be great. We could just say, you know, keep this geofence to uh, to the beer category if you want. We have over-indexed on alcohol. We've talked about that a little bit. There's no intent behind that. There isn't, but it's a hot industry right now, and it always will. You be. know, it, it always will be, and just based on our life stage, it's an important player in a lot of what we do. Right. Um. And, you know. But there's also a lot of creativity in it, and that's why we focus on it. No question. So, Sean, you also get one more, last one. Look, it's got to be Greg Garcia. Outside of being just a great guy and and creating amazing shows, there was a moment there that I we had done so much research for Greg. You know, we we wanted to nail it right. Uh, he's a he's a Hollywood heavyweight. He's won Emmys. We didn't want to embarrass ourselves, much like Kiko. We didn't really know about. It heavy metal, but we researched the shit out of it. We researched, watched a lot of Greg's shows, watched the full season, two seasons of, of the guest book. Um, and I pointed out that, uh, at one point he was talking about a device he uses a VO. And he mentioned how you can close a lot of time by giving the audience, by using a, a VO to, to get the audience where you need them to be in a context of the show and set up a lot of backstory through that device. And I actually asked him, well, well, you know, you did that in season one and you maybe did that for one or two episodes in season two. And I felt like I stumped him and he said as much, he'd never even noticed. But now that it, I had brought it up to him, he was going to go back and look. Cause it was kind of like a funny thing. Cause he was running out of the, the stories that he actually really wrote in guest books over the years. And he was back to just creating those on the fly. So that was, I didn't mean to stump him, but it was, I think it showed that that we actually knew our shit. I could tell there was a a visceral change in the room when you said that. You're very very proud, and <laughs> and, and well you should be, and well you should be. I listen to it back now, you know, back now, and I, I still 
It's I'm your like, it's your ringtone. It is. It's, <laughs> it's a really long ringtone. <laughs> well, that was great. I'm going. You know, I think we're going to continue to have these favorite moments. There was a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, just to pick two for each, just to keep in in interest of time, your time. Um, we're not going to keep running down the list, but uh, I think you can tell this was a really great great season. So, like we said, some awesome moments in the past season, and some awesome moments coming up in season three, Sean. You bet, man. I think uh, it's going to be, we keep getting weirder. And, and I mean weirder in the most affectionate way possible because that's one of our tenets, one of our visions, one of our values, whatever you want to call it, is that we find the most obscure creative talent and the way they make a living and talk to them about it. So we've talked to a lot of illustrators, for example, but we haven't actually talked to one that illustrates on the human body. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Have you actually raise your hand if you've ever been to Universal Studios? Hold on, let me count. One, two. All right, so it's too many. It's too many to count. There's a lot of people out there who've been to those places and the rides are freaking incredible. Somebody makes those rides. It's amazing. And they make those rides and they're pretty tied to the movies. I like music. You like music, Sean? I love music, Jed. Well, I wonder what it's like to be the head of a record label. That would be an intriguing, creative job to discuss because there's a lot of bands on record labels that need branding and visual language and aesthetics. These are teases. If what you haven't caught on to What that. we've just done is we've teased season three. Season three is going to be amazing. This is going to be, you know, again, more resources for you guys to build and learn and maybe even switch careers. Who knows? The more ambitious of you out there, you might want to become that uh, that interior designer that only uses plants. We've just teased season three again, <laughs> folks. <laughs> so anyway, the secrets aren't going to be all given away. You got to keep listening. And along with listening comes something that can really, really help us, you guys. It's called ratings and reviews. And not trying to be funny here. Actually, I guess we are kind of a little bit. But it really, really helps us. Um, and it helps us keep doing this and get more attention and then bring more awesome content to to you. And that that candidly is our goal. If anything, it makes us feel good. That candidly is our goal. Yes. <laughs> Enjoyment. You guys get knowledge. We just feel like we have a purpose. Yeah, exactly. So I think with that, we would like to uh, reach out and tell you thank you very much for listening. We have gotten a lot of compliments and really nice things said to us uh, digitally and in person. And it's uh, really, really special that you guys spend your time listening to us. So thank you. Jed, I want to thank you for just, you know, the relentless writing that you do, um, guest scheduling, and refrigerator turner offer. I, Sean, I will thank you. And I think I've said this live on several episodes. I thank you for doing 82 to 95% of the work on this podcast. 96. 96, potentially. I guess it depends on, well, no, it's probably about that number. Um, but uh, you really, you're awesome. And uh, it's impressive to see you literally just try new things and then get them out there and then have them work. So thanks, buddy. Thanks, man. See you guys soon. Keep feeling it.
Hey, Jed, did you hear our kick-ass intro music? Shockingly, that's out of our technical wheelhouse here at Creative How. That type of sick sound design is a White Noise Lab original. White Noise Lab is a music composition and sound design studio that works with agencies, production companies, and brands on projects for film, broadcasts, interactive websites, corporate videos, video games, and experimental projects. The chances that that movie trailer you just saw on you know YouTube, that's probably a White Noise Lab original more often than not. So whether you're looking to fulfill your sound design needs or simply need someone to collaborate with on an experimental project or maybe an experimental podcast, check out whitenoiselab.com. That's whitenoiselab.com.